everyone, and uh, welcome to uh, this edition of the Higher Estate Podcast. We have an amazing uh, group of people that are here today, and I'm excited to uh, get this shit on the road. Damn, I, I still swear. I'm trying not to swear every time. I keep telling my mother, I promise her I won't swear. You get in trouble with her and her friends. I, I do. I get in trouble with her all the time. Anyway, we're bridging the gaps between uh, the medical and recreational lifestyle world when it comes to cannabis, and we're talking about things that relate to our world as we know it today. Uh, we have usually uh, beautiful Janelle is here. Hey, Janelle. Hey. How are you? Not bad. Uh, you know, just living in this uh, pandemic lifestyle, getting used to lining up for everything. <laughs> How's your daughter? Your daughter, your son. You My son. Yeah, yeah. How's your son? I was thinking my daughter when I said that. He's good. Um, he's just wondering uh, why, like, where his friends are and like what's going on. Does he have any friends? Because I'll tell you, my daughter hasn't seen a single person in a month. I feel like she's gonna come out and be socially. Uh, he actually has a few friends, like his little besties from daycare, and he had his first virtual play date. Like these are actually a thing now. You really? do. Yeah, you do a video chat like mom to mom or dad to mom, whatever the case may be, and you just let the kids talk. And it's actually amusing because they'll just be like, hey, I have this toy. What do you got? What are you doing? But um, that's how he's interacting with his friends now. I think it's it's a lot a lot stricter here. It must be a lot more strict here because I'm looking at, at another awesome human who's out west in Victoria. Dude looks like, first it looks like it's an amazing day, not like our overcast crazy but he's also just chilling and enjoying his life over there we have mike forbes today who's like uh who i've known for a couple years now and this is an amazing human he's a pharmacist uh, by background but he's uh, an entrepreneur and like he really is uh dedicated to uh improving uh both the world and uh, canada and doing so much in both the cannabis realm and in the medical realm and wellness realm and changing people's lives so we've got him today and we're going to chat with him as well so forbesy thank you likewise Ira, you're an amazing human yourself and you as well uh janelle as well it's nice to meet you and have uh and for you, for you to both have me on the uh, podcast. It's awesome. Like, I don't understand what's going on out there. Because if you look at Janelle, oh, and I want to talk to you about that, but I don't understand what's going on in Ontario. It's You're not allowed to walk outside without getting a ticket if you're walking in three with, you know, three or four people. And then out in BC, I mean, people are sitting on their boats, they're going to their cottages, they're doing all this this stuff. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what... First, First of all, I don't know their pants, you know, because like everybody's doing home. They can people can do like work from home now, and uh, you know, show that we got that that slide, you know, and because we're all working from home, it's like pants are optional. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at this guy. This guy is the perfect example of what it's like to work at home right now. You know what I mean? This guy's got like he's got his hook on the side of the beer. Yeah, and, and this Ira. What's that? Are you saying you're not wearing pants? Do you want to see? <laughs> no, nah, you'd probably rather see Forbes than me. Yeah, six three. <laughs> How tall are you, Forbes? Six two. Six two. Yeah. yeah. See, I just need a little more height. Let's see. But I did shave my head, so I can Purell it. Good. Yeah. I, you know, some people say I look a little younger. I don't. I don't really know. It's a good look. What do you think? So, what are your thoughts on this? Show that. Uh, that that. Photo there of um, 
of uh, of our prime minister. Couldn't remember his name there for a second. Of Trudeau. Um, you know. So this past week, what are your thoughts? You know, we've got Trudeau that's out there. Uh, he's able to go to the cottage and he's hanging out with his family. Posts this on the uh, uh, on his his wife's Instagram. But then these guys at the bottom here, they're doing the same thing. They're just out in their backyard, basically, just at a park in Oakville. And uh, they got $800 ticket. It's pretty crazy. What do you, what do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know, in the context of what, you know, governments are trying to get across is to, you know, have that social distancing and separate and, and separation. Um, where I think the picture with Trudeau going to his lake place, I mean, if you think about it, though, it's more about the smaller communities not wanting a big influx of people coming to them, right? And so, yeah, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you got a really good point there, Ira, with, um, with your where, post there, like, where are we? You know, like, in BC, it's, it's much more, less enforced it's more of like a recommendation but we haven't had the same numbers that you've had there in in ontario so i mean it does make sense if you do want to go to your like place and you don't commute and you don't you know meet anybody and you just go straight there and you're just isolated there but it does send the wrong message with what trudeau's doing there for sure it's a bit hypocritical for sure yeah i mean i read this article yesterday that was saying you know at, at some ways we I guess we have to understand he you know there are some leniences for the guys that you know for specifically for him he's prime minister if he's got to go somewhere he's got to go and his family has been sitting out there for a couple of weeks so he wanted to go visit them right. but the mess the message of, of I think the issue for me is the posting of it I get that you know these yeah. things happen you know you're doing that but like if you're posting it I mean you don't have to rub salt in the wound of all the rest of us that are really just trying to do the right thing yeah. you know what I mean he's prime minister he's got to do shit so he can't stay there he has to travel yeah. I think it's hard because especially because a lot of people heard the recommendations coming from like senior officials recently saying like don't go to your cottage because these small communities their hospitals can't handle the influx of people if there's an outbreak. So when you hear that, and a lot of people, like I have friends in Toronto who wanted to go to their cottage and they're like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna be respectful. I'm gonna stay home and they've stayed home. And then you see the prime minister and his family, they're having a wonderful time up there for the Easter weekend. Then it's like, well, should I have gone? Like, why, right. like, why am I listening to this if the prime minister isn't listening? And I do understand that there are certain concessions that get made for them because their family is one place, they're another. and right. I mean, you want to be a good parent at the end of the day above your politics and whatnot. So I, I agree with you, Ira, in that those are it's one of those things where you, you don't post it. <laughs> you right, you just, just don't post the shit. Like why why like honestly, I, I'm not posting like my daughter sitting on the iPad all damn day. You know what I mean? Like when she's supposed to be doing homeschooling. I guarantee you ninety percent of the people aren't doing the homeschooling shit that they're you know, that all these schools are sending right. out and in the meantime, we're just trying to survive. I'm not posting it all day because you know what I mean? What kind of message is that? I don't want them to know that I'm a shitty parent. You know, I want everybody to know I'll post the photo of my daughter sitting, eating dinner, you know, having family time, you know, yeah, like passing, like doing like grade eight work in, in kindergarten, you know, that's kind <laughs> I of I think the real issue though, um, you guys, is that 
you know, we're having all these social distancing rules and, and which is great. And then we're focused on preventing people to migrate into the small communities. But really, I mean, I just want to point out like Alberta, their procurement officer was a rock star and got millions and millions of extra N95s and PPE for all. And now they're sharing it to Ontario and BC and Quebec and whatnot. Well, why is it like who at the government level is just sitting back and getting their cushy salary? What when Bill Gates five years ago was warning of a pandemic, like like we had SARS in 2009. Didn't we learn our lesson? Like why? And then I read that we burned $55 million worth of PPE because an expiry date went by. Like honestly, who are these people and why aren't they, like if they worked in the private sector, they would be fired. Yeah. Oh, for sure. How hard is it to, to, you know, mandate a jumbo jet, fly to China and load it up full of PPE and fly it back? Like it's 13 hours from Vancouver to China. Maybe it's, you know, a day to load it up, worst case, and then 13-hour flight back. So literally, you know, it shouldn't take you more than 48 hours to get millions of supplies to Canada. It makes no sense. And it, and then you're, and then it's it's deflecting the whole issue about you can't go to these your cabin in the woods and and do this because of the small communities don't have any PPE or supplies. Well, it all traces back to why isn't our governments more accountable? I mean, we're now into almost what middle of April, and this has been like it was warned as a pandemic what three months ago. Yeah, yeah. Even in December, people were out saying it was a pandemic and maybe the who screwed it all up and the u.s pulled out their funding but you have a really good point i mean just get on the fucking plane get a jumbo jet go out there bring back all the shit and well i've I've, of course so i'm with the covid langford response team we've we've gone out and sourced all of our um protective equipment yeah and we've given it to the authorities and we've like why like you know, and I'm a busy guy and we're all busy people, but like, how come I can go and source this? It drives me bonkers that, you know, the government just sits there and counts on the news how many cases there are. Well, my, my 10 year old could do that. <laughs> we get caught up in the politics of things. It's, it's funny how we look at so many things and they can be so black and white, but there's all these political red tape that the powers that may be get caught up in and then we get left behind. It's a yeah. total lack of leadership at the political level. I, I agree with you. I think it is a lack of leadership at this point in time. I mean, uh, and lack of planning. We've been in isolation for a month. Don't you think we should have been planning for the exit of that? Don't you think we should have been planning during this month? What were we doing for a month? Just planning for the next isolation phase? You know, we could have had all this material here already. We, I, I, it's, I have people every day saying, I've got access to million of N- millions of N95s, Ira, where should we send them? I've got access to millions of X, millions of Y. In the meantime, I'm looking at our hospital in particular, and, and, this is, and, and I think we can generalize to every hospital around our country. We're saying, oh, we have only seven days left, or for us, we have two days left of, of, of um, isolation gowns, but yet I can just... I've got people calling me left and right saying I got millions of these things. So I think you have a good point. Just, you know, we're, we're deflecting the issue. We're saying stay home because we don't want to overwhelm our cottage country. But yet it's pretty easy to get them the stuff they need if we were willing to, to take the, make the move. That's a good point you raised there. Okay, everyone, let's move to um, our guest who 
has been doing amazing things for COVID, but he's also a, um, an amazing human who's been doing some crazy entrepreneurial things. And uh, that's Mike Forbes. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How I are met you? Mike. I met Mike uh, a couple of years back when I was doing, uh, I was writing an educational platform for, uh, I think it was McKesson Canada. And uh, Mike Forbes oh, had, oh, how many pharmacies did you have at that time? I had, a, not, yeah, I had quite a few, a dozen or so. Yeah, he had a whole lot of pharmacies. And uh, he was um, doing some really awesome work, and we became friends through that. But uh, he's doing some really other really cool things. So I want to get this. This thing isn't staying today, and I don't know what I did to break it. So I'm trying to get this mic to stay. Oh, there we go. I just had to tighten it. Uh, so I really wanted to get into uh, my real question because he's doing so much in there, and I want to I want to learn about who you are and how you got into the cannabis industry. But you know. Forbes, if you can just give us like a brief history of 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 your pharmacy into of the far like the pharmacist you into the entrepreneurial you into what you're doing in cannabis, because really I, I want to get into what is the state of of the recreational world right now and where are we going? Like where are we heading? Um, it seems like the whole thing is basically just imploded. Uh, and and where do you see it? And and how's uh, how are your companies? doing and and where do you see them all going so i'm going to turn it over to you just to I, where like tell me a little bit about like who are you man like you were a pharmacist what happened yeah so i'm a i think i just have a curious mind and i just you know i'm i'm i, I just look at problems as you know how can i solve this problem and make it better and i think that's at the core of you know what an entrepreneur is it doesn't matter where you started whether it was in medicine or pharmacy or construction or law or whatever you can still create a better world and find new markets and as a pharmacist uh, you know i started getting you know when i'd have complex patients come to me with you know a lot of uh, uh, a lot of it was through menopause and midlife and how they just weren't feeling themselves and so I started looking at other therapies about what was working for other patients and then talking to those physicians. And then that's what got me on the path of, of age management medicine. And through age management, me, management medicine, uh, I went to Harvard and did a lot of training there with, you know, what other parts of the world were doing to, um, you know, treat disease and extend life and prevent. And it was through that that I was, it, it opened my mind to be, well, you know, everything in pharmacy and Western medicine is not the only answer to health. And at that, a few years later, cannabis started to become very, you know, in the media and there was a debate of whether it was going to be legalized or not, or whether it was good for you or not. And all that debate went on for years. Yeah. And so I became curious and started researching it and you know looking into it and it and it convinced me that you know how can we if you know if you look at the you know pain control with with opioids or anxiety meds and the actual outcome to prove whether those meds are working or not is actually based on how the patient feels right. that's it and so it's you know how can you then argue that cannabis does not help you uh, feel better with your anxiety or pain or 
or other ailments. And so you have to look at things objectively and go just because of society said cannabis at one point was um, bad for you. You know, you have to have that strength to look in yourself and be like, well, where is this information coming from? And do I have to believe that? And for me, it was a hard no. And so I feel that evil prevails when good people fail to act, right? Mm -hmm. And so being a healthcare worker, I was bombarded. I built a number of clinics and gave them to doctors. And I worked a lot with other doctors. And they were very much against what I was doing. And I just took it on the chin and said, you know, this will come around when, you know, the, you know, when, when it all comes out of the wash, you're seeing now that like cannabis is an essential service and it is making a big difference in people's lives. And who are you to judge those people if it's helping them? You don't know their pain or problems. Hey, and question so, for you. One sec, just to, on the essential service, are your stores allowed to stay open? I know our stores are closed. Yeah, yeah. Except we're allowed to do curbside uh, deliveries. Yeah, and I mean that's a start in the right direction, but like I put up plexiglass shields in all the counters. I've, I've been, you know, six weeks ago, I had all my staff wearing masks and I was running around getting them PPE equipment because of, I did not believe that the, 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 you know, CDC guidelines and the WHO for uh, Western um, societies was right. I thought it's it was not, wrong right, because you look awesome. at all these other Asian countries and you look at the stats from them and it's, even if you're wearing like a handkerchief or, or a makeshift mask, it sh still shows a decrease of, you know, moist droplets going and infecting other people. So why are the government saying that you can't or you shouldn't wear a mask? It's only covering up that they weren't prepared. Yeah. I totally so agree with that. With my businesses, immediately I was putting in protective measures like I made floor stamps and d d distributed that around, all over my city and put up uh, plexiglass shields for the staff. We had hand washing, like, you know, crazy hand washing on everybody. Alcohol, like I have a little, I have, in my pharmacies, I have labs and we've been making hand sanitizer as fast as we can. And, and you know, everybody had masks and I took a lot of flack from, from other healthcare workers saying, hey, you should be don donating your masks to the hospital workers. And I'm going, what? So, so because you work in the hospital, you don't think that the pharmacies need masks? Like 100%. on average, the pharmacist sees 400 patients a day. Well, how many does a doctor see in a day? 30? Like, give me right. a break. And so I, I think it's more about everybody should be wearing masks in public and especially in essential services. And so being a pharmacist in cannabis, I was very aggressive in protecting my staff because I couldn't sleep at night knowing that if my if my people are going into work and I don't didn't do my job to provide them with the safety and the per, uh, personal protective equipment they need and they get sick, that's I feel I would feel horrible. That's on me. Wow, and that's the government. Are, it's unbelievable that you, like you as a doctor, Ira, and I have lots of buddies who are having to go and intubate a COVID patient to a ventilator. And you know, at that point, it's now aerosoled and they don't have full protective equipment. That's the equivalent. Uh, imagine if, imagine if the cities were going around with the building code saying, I oh, don't worry about that asbestos. Just go in there and clean it up. Don't worry about getting sick. Well, what would be the, the legal ramifications of that? 
Yeah. They're basically saying the same thing, you know, that they actually are saying that. that and it's unbelievable. They had, a, they had a debate this week. It, does a physician have the duty to go to work um, if they aren't provided the equipment to do their job fully, right. you know? Um, and, and who's liable? And I think who's liable, right. So I, I don't think anybody wants to take li take responsibility for it. It's driving me fucking mad. Actually, to the point... To the point that it's drive like to the point that you you raise, I, I keep hearing all these physicians in like uh, in 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 positions of authority saying, "Well, this is the recommendation. This is the recommendation. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about that." I mean, your asbestos analogy is actually an excellent one. I was using the "Would you send the soldier into war in flip flops with a broom as a as a as a weapon?" But, but I like the asbestos one because I think most people can hit home with that. Nobody's walking into a place that has asbestos and, uh, you know, with well, and the liability, the, with, right. all the, with all the precedents of the court cases about, you know, people, you know, the manufacture of asbestos. And if you put workers in there, there's a huge yeah. precedent that you are liable for their health costs and their death. Well, <laughs> the government's just saying, oh, you don't need masks. You don't mean that. And now they're saying, Oh, whoops, now you do. It's just because they weren't ready. And so That's back to totally cannabis. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of operators in cannabis are scared. They don't have a medical background and they're 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 lacking in in some leadership of 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 preparing their staff to feet to have the right equipment and to feel like they are valued for helping society around them, right? And I think that a lot of stores have closed because of that. And I think that there's a lack of pressure on the governments to say, honestly, guys, like when that click and collect thing came out, I, the, I, I, within half an hour, I was writing letters to the government uh, for cannabis control saying, really? How come you're allowed to sell um, deliveries to your house and we have to still have it click and collect? Like you're still causing people to leave their homes and come and pick it up and there's still a transmission point there well how is that fair and what right. is the big deal you can you know the black market's going wild selling online and why isn't the police and government clamping down on them when we've been beat up through the plain glass window with all these costs and overheads and there's no like it's it just it just makes you angry you're trying Did to you do the right open? thing and you're are you yeah. staying open no i love it i totally agree are you you are staying open Hundred percent, man. Like you, the amount of people that need cannabis just to function is amazing, and it's better for you than being on uh, benzodiazepines or opioids or alcohol or any of that. And so, you know, look at the message the government saying, "Well, alcohol is an essential service." I just really like. How do you feel about the government saying, "Like, hey, cannabis is an essential service," and as quickly as they said it, they pulled back. As particularly yeah. in Ontario, they were like, wait, hold up. You're not actually an essential service. Close your stores. And then now we've moved to the curbside pickup. Like, what are your thoughts on how quickly they flipped and flopped with that? But alcohol in the running. Exactly. There's a lack of common sense going to the government saying, like, what, what are you trying to prevent here? Like, we've already proven that crime has gone down with cannabis legalization. We've already proven that that child use has gone down. Yeah. You know, you can't die from cannabis. What, the government's able to um, ship it online to your door in BC anyways. 
and the black market is. So what are you trying to what are you trying to do here? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, it should sense. be allowed to be delivered to your door. Period. Interestingly enough, in Ontario, they're not even delivering it to your door. They're they're basically giving you a Canada Post notice and then forcing people to the post office, which is, in my opinion, counterproductive because then there's these long lineups just to get your your uh, cannabis, which we're trying to avoid that physical contact, right? So in the pharmacy boards, they, they, they've declared a state of emergency at the college. So Ira has a college uh, board of physicians and surgeons that he reports to. I know to, and very I well. To the, and I report <laughs> the uh, college of pharmacists. And they, so if you take a, a, a look at methadone, for example, which is, which is, um, uh, it's a derivative of heroin. It's just not as fat soluble, so it doesn't get into the into the brain and make you high. But it treats all of the same physical dependence that uh, opioids do. Well, pharmacies now are able to deliver methadone to people's homes, right? Carte blanche, right? And if you think about the severity of heroin versus cannabis, like let's where's the common sense here? You know, with the governments, like I just you know, it just, it just, it leaves me speechless. Yeah. To be honest. It, it actually, uh, you raise another good point. We spoke about it a couple of weeks back. Like we seem to have all forgotten about the rest of the world that's still functioning. You know, we still have all the same fucking problems we had a week ago or two months ago. And when it comes to opioids, they're, they're, you know, for so long, we were on the right, in the right direction. We, you, we had the database, we, we couldn't write a prescription for it without faxing it over. It had to have an original signature. All that shit is reverted during this. So, like, you have people, like you just said, you've got you've got Suboxone and Methadone being delivered to people's houses, being renewed by pharmacy. You don't need a physician to do it either right now. Uh, yeah, and you could take a verbal order for renewals or for whatever narcotic. It just we just went back in in cannabis somehow again. What do we see in the media? This is driving me nuts. What are we seeing in the media right now? Don't use cannabis during COVID. It increases your risk of severe. Any of that. So many articles like that and like um, coverage on the news like that within the past like two weeks. It's insane. So what are your thoughts, Janelle, on that? Like, do you know from what are you seeing out there in the in the regular like fucking in the what are your friends saying? What are you doing? Are you walking out with a mask? Are you going to smoke a joint? Are you like, what's up? So it's interesting. When all of this started happening, they were like, oh, you don't really need a mask, right? So I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. You keep your distance. And then they're like, oh, you actually do need a mask at the point where you actually couldn't find a mask anywhere. Yeah. So we, my family and I were like searching for through every retailer. You couldn't even find paint masks. Right. And I legit saw like people out wearing paint masks because they couldn't find medical masks and it got to a point where like I, a family friend saw us out one day and they're like man you, need, you guys need masks and they actually gave us um a small package but when you think about it once you touch them and stuff like that i mean it's not really sufficient because eventually are, right um so now the new thing is that everybody is making the cloth mask right because you can wash them whatever the case may be and they're saying like it's better than nothing so i'm seeing everybody saying like oh i'm making cloth mask i'm selling the cloth mask and that seems to be the uptick right now for me personally i still i i will admit i still smoke 
<laughs> I'm not doing it as much. I don't like, I don't smoke very often. It's more kind of like, it helps us, it helps me relax and it helps me sleep better. So I'm kind of doing a mixture of smoking and edibles, but I'm getting everybody going like, are you smoking? But I'm, right. I'm into the met to the edibles a lot more these days. You know, it's interesting because they used to talk about the, they're talk they talk about the inflammatory process that cannabis causes in your lungs. Um, which is why you shouldn't do it. It's not cannabis that's causing this fucking right. inflammatory process. It's combustion that causes an inflammatory. Basically. The truth is there is an increased risk with of bronchitis from people who vape. But if you're vaping at a low dose, it's still safer than using your opioids and your other narcotics. If right. we look at the, you know, how many people have died, I, I mean, yeah, there's been two million people in the world that have been affected by by COVID. But the, uh, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of death, it just hit us really quickly. But we're going to come to a point where we, we start to understand it a little bit more. Anyway, it's so crazy. Okay, so Forbes, back to the, so, so you're in cannabis now. You've, uh, we're at this, like, at this point where you have a bunch of stores. Um, mm -hmm. And in the last month, last three months, it, it appears that that retail sort of, sort of took a hit. The whole industry took a hit in the last little bit where do you see happening in the future here like where are you guys where are you heading you also work with so just to let people know what you've done in the past all right um as a list of stuff that you've done in the past this is a guy who's sold uh, over 30 licenses to choom started choom built out choom uh then went into uh, then went into uh, other uh two l uh, another lp sitka which is a craft grow yeah Mm -hmm. And that's a craft row. And then Clarity, which you're wearing right now, which are a bunch of retail stores as well. This is a guy who's got his hands in every part of the cannabis industry that you can possibly imagine. And he's got a whole bunch of clinics out west as well. So this is a guy who's got like, he's got his hands in, in, in deep in all of this stuff. So are you afraid? Are you seeing what's happening? What's happening with your stores? And, and what do you like? All I'm reading Aurora's taking a hit. I'm reading everybody's closing down. Yeah, you got to remember that, you know, a lot of people got into cannabis like the gold rush and they were, you know, buying licenses, hoping to flip them for profit. And I think a lot of them have got into carrying lease costs and, and you know, underestimated construction costs and just costs in running a business. Um, you know, I've, I've come from retail. I've done retail for, you know, the last, almost 20 years now. Just, you know, and, and in retail, it's death by a thousand paper cuts for a lot um, because if you're squeezed, you're the middleman between, you know, the producer and the retailer. And so your margin is based on a squeeze of both of those two um, sides of you. So you have to be um, quite nimble and entrepreneurial to be able to be in the cannabis space. And I think that a lot of the problems is you get you know, these big corporate overheads in these big public companies and they all have their egos of flexing this and that and they they come from this star-spangled company and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but that's an established industry. So you can, you know, they're used to their $200,000 plus salaries and, and you know, you know, so when they run out of money and they don't have anywhere to dig into, you know, cash flow these things, you're going to see a lot of pain out there and I think that we're still at the tip of the iceberg and I think it's going to get worse for a lot. Um, I think that, you know, the entrepreneurs are going to succeed in this because of they're able to, 
um, spin on a dime their direction. They're able to uh, take a zero salary and, and, you know, be nimble and cheap and cheerful and, and work it through. Um, so I think it's going to come down to the quality of the operators and the um, financial stamina of them um, are going to be the winners going forward. And I think that there's going to be a lot of blood in the streets for those that aren't. So what do you think is going to happen with the retail space in the next little bit? I mean, I guess you guys are still open. Um, I see cannabis in the retail. I, it's been increasing in, in from what I'm seeing. I think the LPs are the guys that are suffering right now, no? I, I, think, I think it's going to be, you know, this is an emerging market. So you're going to have good years and bad years. And I think that we, you know, it's like what Warren Buffett says, right? When the tide goes out, you can tell who's, you know, swimming without their trunks on. Yeah. And the tide is definitely coming out. And you're seeing that, you know, there's a lot of more licenses out there that guys are just, you know, you can pick through dead man's wallets right now and say, well, I'll just, I'll just take your license and assume the least cost going forward. So right. you're going to see an amazing opportunity for those that um, are capitalized and know what they're doing to expand through this drought. And I think that the strong will survive. Right. I think it's a, I think it's a great, like I'm a, you know, I'm excited about the, the, the future in cannabis more so than ever, because, you know, before you couldn't really tell, like it was all positioning and posture and look at your spec deck and this guy comes from here and there. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It matters what you actually do. And when the going gets tough, it's those are the people that are going to succeed. And so this is in my sweet spot where I'm like, you know, in pharmacy, it's not easy. You're competing against, you know, billion dollar companies. There's a drugstore on every corner. Like you cut your teeth in, in that area. You can cut, definitely cut your teeth basically running a bunch of coffee shops. Like it's much easier running cannabis than other forms of retail. I can tell you that right now. Really? Is that because of the opportunity? The the world is, it's not as um, dense. It's not very, it's not that complex, right? Like yeah. you have one supplier, which is the government. You have right. a couple hundred schemes. Right. Now, a, a drug store, you have hundreds of suppliers and you have millions, like tons of different price points of departments. And, you know, there's a store within a store within a store and there's different insurance plans and, it's it's riddled in red tape in pharmacy. As far as your sales are going right now, because I know everywhere is kind of saying that there's an uptick in sales because everybody's home isolating. But we also seeing all these news reports saying like, don't smoke cannabis. Are you guys seeing an increase in the edible and like tinctures and stuff like that, or are you or is it fairly balanced? Like, what are you noticing any differences in your sit? What is being sold right now because of COVID? You know, edibles just came out though in like, you know, December basically. And then it, the, the supply chain kind of ramped up in January. And then we have this COVID hit like whatever, end of February. So it, it's hard to tell the data, but definitely, you know, I've seen an increase in edibles for sure. Um, you know, there are supply issues still with. Are there supply chain issues right now? Are you are you experiencing supply chain issues like they are in a lot of the other areas because of this uh, this thing? It's 
the supply is tight. Like you got to get up earlier and place your order because of if you're if you snooze, you lose. Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not waking up at, at 11 o'clock. No. Uh, I mean, unless it's a good night. But but staff are getting up at midnight ordering stuff when the portal really? opens. Oh, yeah. That, that must make sense. So what do you see happening here in the future? For uh, So you think there's going to be a lot of carnage. And uh, yeah. what's, the, what's, what's the future for uh, retail? What do you see happening in the in the in the i guess in the next year i know we're stuck with covid so like what the fuck you can't even predict anything i mean i guess cannabis has is really lucky we haven't really taken a huge hit because it's still people are always going to use cannabis no matter what it's like a like you said it's already a defined market the market is there mm -hmm. and uh, uh so what are you seeing the future looking like uh, you seem to not be so uh concerned about it I think I guess you're right. The people that are concerned about it, Bay Street. Bay Street is concerned about it because Bay Street is uh, the, the those big the big business came in thinking they'll just run it like everything else, and it's and this merging market isn't isn't kind of like that. It's more like Silicon Valley. So what are you uh, what are you seeing the future? Yeah, if I was on Bay Street too, I would be worried because of you know a lot of public companies are just they'll just spend money and then when they run out of money they'll just go back and raise more money. But that now is over because you know investors are scared and they've lost you know thirty percent, twenty five percent of their money already in the, oh, yeah. in the stock market crash. And then are they really going to want? They they've already seen cannabis is down you know eighty percent from the highs. So are they really going to be you know able to you know, have that courage to then invest and double down into cannabis. Okay. I think it's slim pickings. And so, you know, I think it's about focusing on your expenses more than your gross sales right now. And so in a rising market, people are just more, more, more like how, look at how bit, you know, the, the producers were, I got a million square feet of funded capacity. I got 2 million. It's it like, drove me fucking mad. You know, it's like, but, what can you execute on and what can you actually, what does the market need? Yeah. Right. And so I think there's a, you know, more common sense going forward now in this market. It's everything's kind of slowed down methodically going through and opening up the right locations that make sense and, and, and taking it at much more of a stable business expansion going forward. So, but yeah, if, if to answer your question, I'd be, I, I'm, I'd be scared for the, the, the Bay street investors too, because, a lot of the public companies have huge overheads that they're not they're not reducing quick enough. Yeah. What are your plans for the retail market? What's the plan out west? What's the plan for for you know yeah, for charity? I'm, I'm still expanding. Like um, I'm still you know look, you know pick, pick, picking through you know the right assets and and executing on you know biting off as as much as I can chew and swallow you know and just enjoying enjoying the the day that you know being grateful that it's you know i'm i'm grateful to be on the west coast and to be healthy and and to have businesses that are you know in in this sector and cash flowing through it so i'm i'm grateful you're uh, you're definitely enjoying your day out there jesus it's not like it, it looks Beautiful. pretty sunny is it yeah well you're in yeah. victoria yeah you know you're doing so you're doing something else that's really interesting in the COVID space or in the SARS-CoV space. You created an app that allows people, this is, this is the kind of entrepreneur this guy is, and he basically gave it away. Um, 
you created an app that allow that allows people to do a self-evaluation, allows people to call in, has physicians, has, has a whole team. What are you doing? What is that? And how is it being used by your city? So, I mean, I think it comes down to like, I'm a, I'm, I just, when I see a problem, I just can't help myself and I want to help and fix it. And I was seeing the governments flap around with just counting numbers. And I'm like, well, where, where are the masks? Where are the, where's the PPE? Like, why isn't anybody doing this? Where's the testing? Like, why isn't there any testing? And especially when you know that most of the cases are asymptomatic or a large percentage. And so I got to work and I took, um, you know, from my ageless living, I had doctors and internal med specialists, you know, Dr. Lim, uh, Ira and some of the nurses there. And then we, we scaled out and built an app that would be able to have a call center uh, click and, you know, fill in the blanks as you go through the questionnaires for people so that it's following the, the CDC guidelines and it ranks the severity of the symptoms and who needs to be tested urgently. And then we would have a nurse follow up with them, call them, and then a physician uh, would dial in via telemedicine, assess them further. And if they were sick enough, we would send a nurse trained in, um, hazardous, um, like, like biohazard uh, procedures fully with, I actually got all my PPE equipment donated, uh, from Canopy to us. Wow. Right. Really? So for free. And, you know, so it's just being resourceful, like get your equipment, line it up, use the internet, use your resources, figure it out. And That's then, so we're actually doing in-home testing, um, for COVID because wow. we don't, it doesn't make sense to, you know, have people, you know, with 811, there was a three-day wait at times, wow. right? And people are scared going, oh my gosh, I think I have COVID. I'm not feeling well. I need to go get help. And so where do they go? They get in their car, they yeah. go to the ER, or they go to the walk-in clinic or wherever. And on the way, maybe they're picking up some milk and eggs and spreading it. For sure. So we're bringing all the services to them and following the mandate of, of flattening the curve and staying home. That's so we say stay home. We can ship you medication if you need it. We can ship you a doctor, a nurse. We can test you right in your home. And if you, if your symptoms get more and more severe, then we can at least notify the ER like, hey, we have a COVID patient. They are positive. We're confirmed. Here's their um, medical chart. Uh, FYI, they're coming in. Be ready. And so the physicians in the, at the ER have been grateful for our service. So and why are so we not doing that? Too. I don't know, man. It doesn't make know. sense. Our, yeah. our, and everybody, you know, there, how, like, you know, Ira, like how many good physicians and nurses do not work for the government? They're private and they right. want to come and help. It's Who's a massive amount of people. And you're funding this or the government is I, funding this? I fund it. I've, so I'm, uh, it's costing me money, so it's my staff that I've paid to, to get this going. And then the city of Langford with Stu Young, who's very entrepreneurial and forward-thinking, they they were really upset about the government's lack of response as well. And so we've got funding after the fact to build this this out and and sustain it to help the city. And so, so yes, I did get I did get funding after from from the city of Langford. So this was a philanthropic 
endeavor that you took on as well. So not only working in the cannabis space, not only working as an entrepreneur, but as a good fucking decent human. Yeah. Like we need a lot more people like you to be able to do things who can do things like that. There are people that can't, other, there are other people, but, but where are they all right now? Right. Well, think about this too, Ira and, and um, Janelle there that, um, you know, you're looking at the government hand out billions of dollars to help people um, not freak out and have an income to put food on the table and, and a roof over their head, right? Yeah. Well, that's taxpayer money, right? Yeah. Why aren't the cities able, like, and you have all of this carnage with, you know, workers being let go and they're scared and now they don't have a purpose. And so if you think about, like, for a city to spend... Uh, say $20,000 a month or $30,000 a month and hire laid off employees for the call center yeah. to then cycle back the money. Like it doesn't matter if it's federal money or municipal money, you're still putting people back to work and helping their community. It's actually a great idea. Like, so why do you sit at home and do nothing when you could still go back to work with the same government money? It's just municipal and then help fight your community. <laughs> Shit, I don't have a good answer why they're not doing that. Janelle, what do you think? I mean, when I listen to this, I'm like, wow, this is common sense. Like, you're, you're literally making people earn the money, which is essentially what people like to do. A lot of people don't like handouts. They like to know that they're earning their own money. And if you're going to be giving the money out anyway, why not have people work for it in a way that's benefiting the entire community? When I hear it, it makes so much sense. So it's like, why, really, why aren't we doing it? And I don't have an answer. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense. Mike Forbes, this is the guy. <laughs> He's solving problems everywhere yeah. he goes, this guy. That's why, that's why, you know, I just want to, I, I hang on to his coattails to learn from this guy. He's, uh, he's a smart human and uh, I appreciate everything about you, Mike. Thank you Likewise. so much for, for being Likewise. here. We're not Thank letting you. you off yet because we got some news to go through and uh, hopefully we'll get to continue this conversation more and more. But what we just heard here is that uh, for people that are afraid, the cannabis market is going away. We've got a guy here saying, it's not going away. You just have to be smart and be able to pivot. The entrepreneur is going to succeed because they can do that. And, uh, and big business have a problem because they're used to running these big corporations and the world doesn't work like that in the emerging market. True. I love that. That's very true. And you actually just gave me a lot of hope as well um, about the market. And there are people getting into it. Anybody that's an entrepreneur can find a way to be in this market. And it's, yeah. it's just starting. Yeah. So what do we got going on in the news? Because I'll tell you, like, uh, fuck, is there anything, like, good happening? Well, I, I don't know. Interesting happening. I mean, for all of us who are cooped up at home, um, a little entertainment news is that uh, the singer Kelis, she actually has a new show that's coming out on Netflix um, on 420. Really? And it's a cannabis cooking competition. So they've pegged three cannabis chefs and they Who have they? the names i don't think they've released them yet oh, okay, so that's okay. gonna probably trickle down over the next few days but they're going to be competing um cooking three course infused meals and then it's going to be kind of like dinner party style so they're going to have celebrity um dinner guests who are cannabis ad advocates and enthusiasts so people like ricky lake are actually going to be guests on the show the rapper mm -hmm. too short 
and it's six episodes and it starts on 420. So I think that's going to be pretty entertaining over the next um, few weeks to kind of see how that unfolds. And it's kind of hopeful because when you, cannabis is going mainstream, basically, when you see yeah. it coming on. Yeah, it's super cool. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you guys tune in too. I, I think that's actually pretty cool. Like, uh, first of all, what's happening for 420? Nothing. Uh, although, here's what I think. Uh, you know, um, just as an, an aside to that, on we're releasing, you know, uh, Cannabis Wiki is releasing an app, uh, the app that's going to allow us to do uh, everything we basically do online, but you're going to be able to stream, you're going to yeah. do a whole bunch of stuff online, right? So maybe on 420, we have, you know, we have a sesh. We do like a party sesh on our app. Nah? And then um, we can watch the show because I'm down to watch. I want to be a dinner guest. That's amazing. Are you going to sesh with us on 420? Oh, yeah. Beauty. Derek, you in? He's on mute. Can't hear us. Derek, behind Come the in. scenes. All right. By the way, he's the guy that created the app. It's it's just a, he created everything you see right now. It's just a, a, a brainchild of all this multimedia stuff. So he, uh, yeah, created, we got this app that's a, an excellent app. And it's not just like a computer change the, change your screen from the computer to the, to the, uh, to the cell phone. It's an actual app. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think that'll be a great way to get it going. 420. Sesh. Beauty. What else you got for us? Well, some good news coming out of the cannabis industry is that a lot of companies are offering like their frontline employees who are still, you know, in the stores, still dealing with people, offering them little pay increases and other benefits to kind of make up for the extra long hours. So we're seeing $2 um, hourly increases. We're seeing benefits like getting samples of the cannabis weekly. And also some of them are actually giving free Netflix subscriptions for the employees that work from home. Really? You got any free subscriptions there? Uh, Forbes, you giving them some free Netflix? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, look at that. No. He's keeping them employed, yo. Uh, which is, you know, so many people aren't employed right now. It's right. funny. It's so crazy how... All these people, we went from literally like being like the most underground market a decade, two decades, a decade ago, up to 2018, there was no legit jobs. And now we're the only ones that are employed. <laughs> like you see everybody's still going to the stores. It's kind of great. So it's how the world how the world turns. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. A little controversial. Okay. So I don't know if you remember the author, Alex Brent, um, Berenson, who wrote um, hate that guy. Children, the Truth About Marijuana. Oh, he's such a dick. No well, offense. He's continuing on that path. Oh, he's such a dick. You know, hold on. I'm going to interrupt. You know, this guy is so actually you can watch my good friend, Dr. Mike Hart, debate him on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. This is a guy that says, you know, he, he uses uh, cannabis causes uh Causes people to um, to more violence, more sexual uh, harassment, and, and uh, psychosis. That is like big. It's you know he goes by the he who yells louder wins theory yeah. versus actual data. Well, remarks this past week. Basically, he's kind of trying to link the nineteen outbreak with cannabis use. Yeah, of course. He's basically stating that there is a strong correlation 
between the places with the most cannabis use and the places where the epidemic has really taken off. So he's, again, making kind of outlandish claims without any kind of scientific proof for it. So not really surprising coming from him, but controversial nonetheless. You know, you know, all the all those cannabis users in Wuhan, China, <laughs> there's like him. <laughs> Come on, this guy is such a nut. You know, it reminds me of the people that are these all these conspiracy theorists that are trying to come out and tell us all these like, oh, 5G has caused COVID-19. What kind of horseshit is that? So there's like two 5G towers in the world. And it like it happens to be one in Wuhan and then one who knows where else. And but you're telling me the other 240 countries that are plagued by COVID is because of the 5G. Come on. And, you know, at some point we got to just, you know, there's no science. The people are just dumbasses. Yeah. I don't even know why um, news teams are even giving him interviews. But I suppose controversy gets uh, people coming to your, t to your channel. So People love that shit. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing is that the Ontario Cannabis Store, one of their UX designers actually released some interesting facts. So they actually released the most searched brands on the OCS website. And they and? Yeah, so there were 12 brands that they were that made the list as the most searched brands. Redican, Aurora, Soleil, Riff, um, Broken Coast, Edison, Pat, Tweed, Ray, um, Dosis, Collab Project, and Hexo. So it started a whole question as to when cannabis became legal and we had all these um, restrictions on packaging and branding is, you know, is that conversation shifting now that people are actually searching for brands as opposed to like just a strain type. That's, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And I wonder if it, if the reason is, you know, I look at somebody like ready can and I say, hi, cause you know, that's local to, to Hamilton to where I am. Uh, and, uh, they're, they're, they're a good brand. They're a great brand, but they're also very reasonably priced brands. So most of the brands that you just mentioned all have very reasonable prices. You're not going to find uh, pre-roll the same cost that you will for ready can. It just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, uh and so, uh, you know, I wonder what is it that's going into that, that why are people uh, Googling that? Actually, that's a Forbes question. Forbesy. Sorry. Do you ah! <laughs> so, ah, bastard. Uh, so the question was, you know, so Janelle was just mentioning that. Uh, what were you just mentioning? Say that again. The UX designer for the Ontario Cannabis Store just released the top um, searches on the website. And it was uh, 12 brands that they released. So it started a debate as to whether people are now becoming more brand conscious as it relates to cannabis, as opposed to being like strain conscious. Because when they kind of put down all the, reg um, the legislation about branding and how you can market, people were scared that, that consumers wouldn't really shop by brand because there would be no brand recognition. But the search results are kind of telling us a little bit different right now. So then the question was, Ready Can was up there and, you know, a whole bunch of Broken Coast was up there. Dosist was up there. Soleil was up there. All these guys. And my argument is, you know, you know, I hear Ready Can and they're local to Hamilton. I like them a lot, but they also have super reasonable pricing. Do you think that, you know, what are the factors? What factors do you think are really important for companies to take into consideration that will get them that brand recognition? Uh, see, I... 
I still struggle a little bit with the brand recognition. I think it's more about the quality of the cannabis and the, the strength of the THC. So people will always ask, what's the THC percentage and how, like if the, if the bud is dry and cracked and whatever, right. they'll remember that. So it's, I still think brand loyalty is building with trust with good quality cannabis and a high THC. So Do you think overpricing? You know, the cheaper stuff has its market for sure, but I don't know. People are like, you know, it's a lot higher priced than the black market, and I thought it would be harder. Um, but prices are coming down all the time, and I do think that still people are preferring the convenience and the quality um, over the the uh, price. Are the margins, you know, the margins between uh you know because you you guys are at the at the end user the government still has like the in-between portion between the lp to the government to you guys are those are those margins slowly you know are they getting really small or are they still fairly fairly wide enough to be lucrative enough kind of picture yeah that's a really good question because i'm on a call shortly after this for um you know what the you know feedback for the government and I think that the government pricing should set their prices a little bit higher to give more margin to the retailer because, you know, they kind of set the tone. Like if they're, say, $20 uh, for a product, um, you know, it's hard for us to compete. So maybe we're at $21, $22. Right, so we always have to be we have to be a little bit above them because they have a fifteen percent head start on us with their margin just because of the, the government and the way that yeah. they're wholesaling. So it'd be nice if they increase their margin a bit more to leave a little bit on the table for the retailer, so that say they went up to twenty two dollars, then we would be at twenty four dollars. Right, and so in retail, you know, you 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 follow, you 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 watch the nickels and dimes, so the dollars follow, right? And so that margin, like I'm quite, I see a lot of amateur behavior in the cannabis space with price wars and dropping their margin, all this crazy stuff. When I, I think that that's just a race to the bottom and you've got to command service and quality. Um, and that's what creates a business, not just price. All right. right. I agree with that. Yeah, that makes it makes a lot of sense. I know that, you know, in the medical side, people are a lot. A lot of our patients are, are ODSP and can't afford all their medicine. So pricing becomes a huge barrier to access. But I understand your point in the rec market yeah. is service and quality over pricing, you know, and I think that usually wins for the most part. That's a good point. Well, what I was operating. So my my private pharmacies, uh, I had a Costco right across the street. And so Costco is, you know, you can't, they don't run the pharmacy to make money. They actually lose money to get people in the door to buy lawn chairs and chicken and whatever. Right. Yeah. And so it's super hard to compete with Costco. So you, you can't play that game of price war with other retailers like that. What, what made me successful was listening to your customers, servicing them, offering a superior service, quality that's what people will honor and create loyalty to. Makes sense. That makes sense. What else you got for us? Are we good? 
last but not least, this one's actually kind of entertaining. I like entertaining. Are pumping one billion dollars into the economy by shopping while stoned. Sorry, what's that? We're actually pumping one billion dollars into the economy because we're shopping online while stoned. Because everybody's got time to be home, so they're all getting high. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. You know what's really funny? Okay, so uh, Derek, in the back, that meme where <laughs> that the kids of the millennial. This is a great fucking meme. The millennial uh, wearing the gas mask. The millennial before, I think I sent it over. I don't know if I did. Anyways, there's this meme that I saw. You've got these millennials before COVID saying, oh, I want to die. Oh, I've had enough. COVID's during the millennial wearing the gas mask because they don't want to die and on their cell phone. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's really what they're doing. So I think that's kind of funny. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's at home right now. And all, this, all the problems that we had before... Uh-uh. Nobody's thinking about those problems, and everybody's just getting high, because why not? But anyway, all right, that was, uh, that was fun. I think, we've, uh, I think we've, we've beat this one down pretty good, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Forbes, thanks so much for being around. That was so amazing. Thank you so much oh, for having me. It was awesome. Thanks. Yeah, oh, and thank I'm you. looking forward to doing all this stuff, and I got to come out, bro. I got to come yeah, out west. Yeah, come visit. As soon as this yeah. thing is done, we're allowed to travel and I'm out of the hospital. You know, it's funny. I'll have to take two weeks after. I'll be in isolation still for two weeks as the last shift. I'll still be going into isolation until this, this thing is done. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, what a what a great episode. Thanks, Janelle, again. That was awesome. Had a really good time. Thank and you, uh, nice you. stay tuned. All right, everybody. I think I'm done. Janelle, <laughs> anything else to say? No, that's it. All right. Uh, don't forget 420. Uh, oh, do you have any uh, anybody you want to anything you want to uh, you know tell us about any like names, promotion stuff, tag stuff there? I want to thank all the frontline healthcare workers and essential service workers for having the courage to get up every day to go and and help their community. And I salute you. Awesome. Thank you. Well, we salute all the pharmacists still willing to see 400 patients a day show up to their pharmacies yeah i think i mean that's tremendous i tell them every time i go and the truth is i thank them i thank the people cleaning the floor the aisles that don't have full ppe on like it's crazy what's happening out there so thank you to all them and don't forget to check out um all of uh i'm in i can't even start going through all of forbes's stuff but don't forget to check out sitka don't forget to check out clarity chum all these things he's got going on don't forget to check out cannabis wiki for your latest news entertainment lifestyle everything you can think of podcasting uh cannabis directory that's really important and uh we have an app coming out and that's going to be really awesome can't wait to share that with everybody don't forget 420 we're going to do a session don't know what time yet we'll put out some evidence we'll put out some times and all that stuff we'll all sit around a table and because i got high because I got high. Anyway, this is Dr. Ira Price. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I said doctor and get high at the same time. I love that I could do that. Anyway, all right, bye.